On this week's show, it's a Fast and the Furious movie, but not as you know it, because the cars go sideways. I'm Nev Knowles. I'm Laura Medeiros. I'm Roddy Gosson. And I'm Megan Swain. And this is Bad With Numbers. literally a movie on netflix called fastest car (laughs) what's it about the drivers of exotic supercars put their street cred on the line against deceptively fast sleeper cars built and modified by true gearheads oh it's a reality show never mind oh So I was reading up on that TV show, The Fast and Furious. Did you know that Vin Diesel is an executive producer on it? I didn't, but that doesn't surprise me because he's very much all over this franchise, right? This is is his fucking baby. Really? That's creative control. So there's the story that him and The Rock do not get along. Oh. And the reason that Hobbs and Shaw exists is because the producers did not want to lose Dwayne Johnson from the franchise, but also the situation between him and Vin Diesel became untenable so they just gave him their own spin-off movie in the universe I don't think it's any secret that there's no love lost between those guys I just feel like I, I'm on the rock side no matter what happens now it's just like man what is Vin Diesel doing I don't know yeah what is Vin Diesel doing <laughs> Outside of these movies, what what was the last thing? Oh, and wait, Groot. No, he's, he's Groot. Of yeah. course, he's Groot. I forgot. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> he gets paid millions of dollars to utter the same three fucking words over and over again. <laughs> True goals. Wait, Could so do imagine? they hire him more for his... He doesn't do the mocap, does he? No, it's um, it's James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn, does the mocap for Groot. So no. Like Groot and the other guy, smaller one. Uh, Rocket? Yeah, there we go. Oh, wait, you mean Bradley Cooper doesn't do the mocap for Rocket? <laughs> I just, I really want it to be a real mocap on like a raccoon. Yeah, that's so much better if they just got an actual fucking raccoon. Okay, little like waddles that raccoons do. Yeah, they're like calling him to set. They can't find him. It's because he's in like a trash can somewhere. Right. <laughs> I'm actually, no, I'm legitimately still processing that they're paying Vin Diesel to say, I am Groot. Like, I'm trying to think of like the dialogue in that film. I mean, that's a lot of money for just like what? Do you think that it's just because of the name? Do you think that his name got him that job just to say, I am Groot so that they can pitch it up a bunch and think it was funny. Vin Diesel doesn't have like the biggest vocal range, right? I mean, regardless of what his fucking pop career would try and tell you, because you guys have all heard that song he put out, right? What? You didn't hear it? What have you been doing all lockdown? I don't want to hear it, but I, I, I'd be glad to add it to my list of action here action heroes that have tried to have music careers. Except for Jackie Chan, who has an awesome music career. Wait, what? Jackie Chan. I didn't know that. If you look on YouTube, you can find him singing I'll Make a Man Out of You in both Mandarin and Cantonese. Wow. And he, and he fucking nails it in both languages. Yeah, he's a really good singer. That's amazing. Just saying his name and like stared off in the distance and like smiled just thinking about him. Right. I oh, know he just kind of gives that vibe like okay there's a whole bunch like with Jackie Chan there's a whole bunch of movies that would go just to see him but a part of me is like if they took Vin Diesel out of the Fast and the Furious again I'm, I guess I'm not the biggest like I don't follow this franchise that much but a part of me would be alright with that yeah that's because that's what Tokyo Drift is thank you so much for joining us on our podcast this week <laughs> 
Yes, that's right. This is Bad Woo! With Numbers, uh, a movie podcast where we talk about sequels. Usually terrible. This week, I'm not so sure because so good. this movie kind of fucking rules. Uh, we're talking about the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift from the year 2006, directed by Justin Lin, mm-hmm. whose previous film uh, was Better Luck Tomorrow, which is a fine little movie i seem to remember he's a really good director i mean he's done a lot of these fast and furious movies and they have made an absolute ton of money but not this one i guess the logic for us doing this as an episode is is this movie basically nearly killed this franchise uh it underperformed massively at the box office the fans all hated it critics were not keen on it either and in recent years it's kind of had a reappraisal as it's kind of fit more into the continuity of the series but the fans hated this more than the second one <laughs> yeah i don't know how because the second one was just not okay <laughs> yeah that second one is a legit bad movie i don't think i've actually seen it all the way through i think i bailed on it it's a little bit ludicrous in my opinion uh, hey. hey is that that's the movie where he gets so that's the first yeah. ludicrous movie okay i i struggle with the continuity of this series because it's just so janky and all over the place yeah so i recently went on a binge um so fast and furious um one is with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. And we should say, Fast and, the original Fast and Furious is basically just a fucking remake of Point Break. Like, yeah. a nuts and bolts remake of the movie Point Break with car racing instead of surfing and skydiving. Yeah, and then the second <laughs> one introduces Paul Walker's best friend in the series. And then, yeah, that's the first one that had Ludacris going. Can live without him in all of these fucking movies. Sorry, Ludacris Bridges. But... And then from there... It was Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which is a prequel, technically. It was. I don't know. No, I think this is a sequel to a lot of these later movies. No, you're right. So then I guess what? Four four and five and six are prequels. That's really confusing. The continuity of this series is somewhat skew-iffy. We're probably going to need to get a fucking whiteboard up in here and try and track this shit. But let's not let it distract us from the fucking majesty of Tokyo Drift. Okay, so I couldn't remember the main character's name until I think, like... Sean? Yeah, Sean. I kept thinking it was Jack for some reason. He kind of looks like a Jack. Right? But yeah, no, I I really hated him, and I'm glad they just kind of left him in Tokyo. Hard disagree, but okay. Really? No. I like this kid a lot. Really? Wait, do you like him as an actor, or do you like the character? Kind of both. Yeah, no, it was hard. Like, watching this from the beginning of the film, when he, like, almost kills a person in, a, like, a driving accident, and he just shows no remorse. I was like, yeah, I don't really, don't really feel for this guy. <laughs> he completely destroys his own car, which feels a little bit like, and he just, like, he has this shit-eating grin at the end, like, yeah, I won the race, and I'm like, yeah, but you don't have a car anymore. I think the idea is that he would just fix up his own car because it was a beater, it didn't matter, and then he got all mad when the cop was just like, oh, I crushed your car. He was like, you what? And it's, no, you crushed your car. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I said. I was like, he kind of already did most of the job himself. Right? So why are you so mad i don't know okay a little backstory on fast and furious tokyo drift um so this movie came out three years after too fast too furious which was a huge (laughs) box office hit really 
Yeah, I know. That's a dumb title, right? Um, basically, they were looking to Halloween-free this franchise in that they wanted to create a series of stories that weren't necessarily chronologically connected and didn't have like a um, huge continuity amongst each other. They just basically wanted to turn it into a series of car racing movies. So Paul Walker was deemed to be too old for this movie when they were casting it. Uh, I think Channing Tatum auditioned for the role as well. Oh! Can you imagine this movie with C. Tate's in the lead? Before Step Up or after Step Up? Which Channing Tatum? I think it's around the same time he was in Step Up. I think they're both 2006, I think. Okay. Because there's like She's the Man Channing Tatum, there's Step Up Channing Tatum, and there's Magic Mike Channing Tatum. You know what? All Channing's Tatums. All of them. No, they're fine. So yeah, uh, it, it backfired spectacularly because everybody was just like, hey, where's Paul Walker? Hey, where's Vin Diesel? That's who we, uh, yeah. that's who we turned out for these movies for. I mean, I know Vin Diesel's not in the second movie, but because um, he was too busy making uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Wild to think that that movie exists. I always forget about it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to, I mean, look, we're going to jump right to the end of this movie straight away because <laughs> I was going to bring this up later on, but it's kind of, it's kind of already come into the conversation. Yeah. So Vin, Vin Diesel Doesn't has matter. like a, a 30 second cameo at the end of this film and we'll get into the why and whereabouts of that later on. But he was actually added into this film after it tested with audiences and they hated the ending and they hated the fact that there was absolutely no continuity with the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. So they quickly rushed in Vin Diesel to shoot this cameo at the end. Do you know what he got paid to do this cameo at the end of this movie? Oh, hopefully, hopefully no. not more than the lead. Anybody want to throw out a guess what he got paid? Hundred million. <laughs> he wishes. Um, okay, good. Okay, so he didn't get paid a monetary sum to do this. What he got was Universal relinquished the rights to the Riddick franchise and gave them back to Vin Diesel in exchange for him appearing at the end of this movie. He basically got paid in Riddicks to appear in this film. <laughs> Like, I kind of commend that. You wanted to, like, have control of a property that he, I, I guess, was passionate about? That's kind of commendable. Mm. He was passionate about it, not, like, an audience. He was passionate about it. Audiences less so. Because th he made that Riddick sequel in, like, what, 2013, was it, that that came out? And nobody cared. It's not bad. I'm glad at least one person cared, and that is Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's quite the deal that he cut there, actually. It's a pretty impressive deal to get... Uh, to get a studio to relinquish an entire franchise just for you to do 30 seconds at the end of their fucking silly car movie. And yeah, he got a movie made that he wanted to do. I really like the idea that uh, Dominic Toretto like shipped out his car to Tokyo. Like, so if you think about the continuity with the rest of the series, it's to find Han and to find what happened. So he's like, you know what I'm going to bring? My entire car with me for some reason. <laughs> just get a Hertz when you get to the fucking airport, man. You don't need to take your car on a fucking boat that's the same um the same movie where they're dropping the the cars out of the airplanes so maybe he just left his car on that airplane <laughs> ah could be he has his own airplane maybe it's totally possible does his character even know how to drift no can he even drift bro what the hell would be he just seemed so out of place in that cameo. I'm like, he looks like a zillion years old compared to everybody else that is standing <laughs> in that crowd. Vin Diesel turns up at the end of this movie to ask them to turn their music down. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, they don't know who the fuck he is. They're not going to be in awe of him. They're not going to be like, hey, that's a famous American dude who can't drift. Why do we care about this guy again? Hey, it's the guy from Boiler Room. Um, no. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. Well, like Ness said, it was like added just purely yeah. for audience. It, it had nothing to do with the story. It was just like an OF. We screwed up. We, I don't know. We hurt the fan base. And that's what brings people into these movies. Vin Diesel. Honestly, yeah. Continuity and like, so I guess that brings us back to what is a good sequel because a lot of people will argue that you need to uh, entertain the people who are coming back and also keep the interest of people who haven't seen the first couple. So I guess that's the line is you just fly some guy in for no good reason and give him a movies franchise. Yeah, it's the same thing with, with a lot of major franchises like Star Trek and Star Wars and, and and, you know, where you have to kind of walk this thin line between bringing in a new audience and pleasing the one that you already have in a way that doesn't come off as hacky. So I guess, like, the question is, Megan and Roddy, I know, Laura, you I already know your answer to this, that you are yeah. very familiar with this franchise. Hella. Me too. I've seen all of these movies. Um, I, they're, they're dumb as fuck, but I've got to admit, I get a kick out of these films. Megan, Roddy, have you guys, are you guys familiar with this franchise? Nope, not really. Yeah, I mean, like, I just kind of... The reason why I knew it is because like my cousins like were really you know you could tell I know nothing about cars I'm like they were very into cars when I was younger <laughs> like I feel like if you love like like really love talking about cars like this is your movie and for me I know nothing about it it's supposed to be in your DNA Roddy yeah no like this is why like I'm not the audience for this film by far <laughs> you mean you weren't drooling over the 350z that he's driving and stuff I don't even know what that means what is that <laughs> we're gonna have fun on this one there is a car it was green it looks so fast also can we talk about bow wow's car universally we'll, we'll get there we'll get we're, we'll get there don't oh. worry oh yes. we, no 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 we've let, let's start at the start right <laughs> but yeah we're gonna fucking talk about that fucking monstrosity that that Ooh. kid is driving uh so this movie starts off with a fucking absolute banger of a tune uh the soundtrack to this film is so fucking good oh yeah apart from one song by one particular artist that we'll get to in a minute but uh but this movie starts with six days by dj shadow and most def and straight out of the gate i'm like oh i'm gonna have a good time <laughs> but it also opens with a montage of our protagonist sean played by uh, lucas black uh, lucas black was a child actor he was in a tv show called american gothic mm. which was actually a fucking great it ran for like two seasons and it was set in like a southern town where gary cole plays like a sheriff in this town but it's also implied that he might be the devil and kind of lucas black played the kid that is possibly the son of the devil fucking awesome show if you haven't seen it yeah so lucas black he's a he's a high school student i mean if you say so movie yeah i like i mean i guess he was like 25 he looks older than than 25 he is a very aged i mean not shaming or anything but he looked older than 25 <laughs> listen i'm 25 i could definitely <laughs> play in like high school you know like i i look exactly the same oh absolutely but like i could definitely there are people my age that i'm just like what happened are you okay they just been out in the sun a lot they're outside it's that stress that's my problem that makes a lot of sense <laughs> we were watching it we were like that guy has crow's feet what is happening right now it's not like a stockard channing in greece no, kind of deal where no. she's like 36 playing a 17 year old right but but at the same time i'm kind of like eh, i don't think you're supposed to be here friend <laughs> <laughs> well that's probably why they moved out from the high school setting like that because it wouldn't well not even they just moved to the high school <laughs> he goes to high school in Japan where <laughs> they look even younger yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so then continue on because I have a moment, like something to say about his trip to his high school, like to Japan. Okay, no, I was just going to say like, um, I remember seeing this in theaters and thinking like, is this like a joke, this whole metal detectors in a school thing? No. Um, did you guys have metal detectors in schools? No, we don't. <laughs> not not in my school. No, I think it's an American thing. But it is a thing, right? It's a thing in America. In the States, yes. yeah, it is. Yeah. That's such a depressing fucking fact. Well, no, I think when I saw that i was like oh we're in america and i was like because i don't think it's not as common in other countries it's just kind of the state of america yeah i mean it speaks volumes right there are probably some schools in toronto that have them i don't know i can't i can't speak to modern like toronto schools whether they have metal detectors but yeah i it was definitely not a thing when i was at school but then i guess you know it seems like as of 2014 toronto schools reject the cleveland solution of metal detectors says the star okay also um i have cap locks on because of i'm so excited about fast and furious so all of my google searches are just in all capitals <laughs> you're just shouting into google about tokyo drift toronto schools with metal detectors <laughs> fast and furious two cast <laughs> my, my google search is gonna be very aggressive when i go back <laughs> you know who i oddly bought as maybe being a high school that kid from home improvement and i don't know why <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> This kid, this Lucas Black kid, Sean, he's uh, he he has a rival at his high school, and that rival is played by Zachary Ty Bryan yep. from Home Improvement. Uh, he has such a square head. Um, <laughs> Didn't he get arrested for drunk driving or something like that? Quick. Let's fact check that. Somebody hammer a keyboard. <laughs> let's just let's just fucking say he did. He let me let me put this in in all caps. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, um, it's not like the cast of Home Improvement have got any kind of you know dirt on them apart from the fact that yeah, Zachary Ty Bryan was arrested and was facing assault charges. Um, literally a month ago. Oh, well, fuck that guy then. Um, <laughs> Good timing on our part, I guess. Exactly. There, I mean, bad timing on his. So. No, wait. Hold on. Don't forget, we're recording this in advance. You mean two months ago, right? Oh yeah, two months ago. No, now I'm in like a whole thing where I just want to find out what happened to what happened to Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I mean, we could talk about what happened to Tim Allen. No, I'm okay. I don't really. He's been in the news lately, tweeting about fucking Karl Marx spelled incorrectly, like the fucking coke dealing piece of shit that fucking guy is. Yeah, I know. It kind of spoiled Toy Story because now I look at Buzz. I'm like, oh. Don't forget, Buzz Lightyear got busted for fucking smuggling coke. I watched a movie with him in it the other day. Who, Tim Allen or Buzz Lightyear? Because if it was Buzz Lightyear, then... You've got a one in one in four chance. No, it was, uh, I watched Christmas with the Cranks. I just put on, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to put on a Christmas movie while I was doing shit, so... Is that the one with him and Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. Or am I thinking of a different... Oh, okay. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, well, I mean, there is a scene where she goes to a tanning salon and she's basically poured herself into a teeny little top. <laughs> I've been in very close proximity to Jamie Lee Curtis uh, at the Halloween premiere a couple of years ago. Uh, She's still stunning. She is. She's my favorite meme. She's your favorite meme? Is it a meme? What's that picture where she's just like mad and drinking water? I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know? It's... I've I've not seen this. She's just really mad and she's drinking water and she takes a sip. And I, I feel like it's a very relatable experience. I feel like this episode's going to have a lot of Googling in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Angry lady drinking water meme was the auto. Yeah, you're right. It is Jamie Lee Curtis and she is angry and drinking water. Yeah, it's a classic. And that's probably going to be her legacy. Oh, uh, no, it's not. 
Nah. <laughs> Somebody's like, when someone confuses Michael Myers with Jason Voorhees. I would watch Jamie Lee Curtis in Fast and the Furious. He seems like she'd fit in. I mean, sure, if they get fucking Helen Mirren in this franchise later on. No way! I would watch that, too. Yeah, Helen Mirren plays like Jason Statham's mother in this franchise. Oh, really? Yes, that's true. That was in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, she's in one of the other movies as well, I'm sure. Or she's going to be in one of the other ones. I think what makes this movie kind of, like, you continue to watch it is, like, it kind of doesn't take itself seriously anymore like it just kind of does whatever it wants now anymore <laughs> i mean the first one it did i guess the first one like i remember watching because of my cousin and he put the dvd in and they're all like oh look it's jordana brewster and that's why they probably wanted to watch it more but then i was kind of bored with it and i was just like okay because like it was just a lot of talking and then like two chasing yeah i'm not a fan of that first movie i never really fucking liked it i was very excited to see it because the trailer was fucking rad but uh i felt very deflated after i saw that movie and i've not really bothered to going back to it but tokyo drift on the other hand i have watched multiple times this week alone <laughs> well i'm trying to think why but like it's a i think what it is is like it's a very structured movie and <laughs> i don't know why i mean this movie is basically just the karate kid if you took all of the beats of the karate kid and slapped them on this movie th- that's what this fucking movie is absolutely because of that though it's like there's that whole scene i'm jumping ahead but like his first his second race in japan i was like i feel no tension at all in this like i just know he's gonna lose well that's the point yeah (laughs) yeah i know i know and i was like fine like maybe he could have been more of a dick so that way you're happy like i was happy to see him lose so much (laughs) so wait are you saying you wanted this character to be like a mary sue and just be like great at drifting straight out of the gate no not that but like a part of me was like i just did feel bad for him that he lost i was like happy i guess it's just more a sign of myself so anyway he's uh he he uh, has this rival with zachary ty Bryan. um they have some kind of previous beef that is not really explained to us and we don't really care about it Mm. but what it basically sets up is this crazy race that the two of them have through a construction site oh they full-on damaged somebody's home he talked to the guy's girlfriend and the guy decided to race him with the girlfriend in the car which seemed ill-advised she offers herself up as the prize which i was kind of she knows her value so good for her she knows her place (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's one way of looking at it the other way i was looking at it is like she's literally just prostituting herself to whoever is the fastest car driver they wreck this construction site and then they wreck their respective vehicles as well and just a note on this movie and probably the reason why I dig this movie so much is the editing of this film is on point. Oh yeah, Yeah. absolutely. A lot of the time in these kind of movies the the understanding of space on the screen is really hard to follow. Mm -hmm. The editing of this film makes these car chases look shit hot. But also the frustration of him realizing that he has to crash through a entire house and him just saying oh well and then doing it (sighs) brian had criticisms about that because brian was like crashing through a wall sure crashing through stairs no he would have totaled his car like uh i don't know i think i could crash a car through the staircase in my house Uh, (laughs) i'm willing to try as well didn't you build it uh i certainly rebuilt part of the staircase in my house and knowing my construction abilities yeah you could you could probably crash a matchbox car through the fucking stairs in my house but (laughs) yeah so they wreck their fucking cars uh and i mean they wreck their fucking cars they like the the viper the dodge viper that is actually Ty Bryan is driving, goes straight into a concrete tube uh, and 
folds down the middle. Yeah. Uh, and Sean's car flips. I think it's, I counted five times. I yeah. may be wrong. He flips it. And then we cut to them sat in a police station waiting room and they have the bare minimum of cuts and bruises on their faces. And I was just thinking, I bet Lady Diana's up in heaven oh. watching this going, <gasps> I don't think so. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm just kidding. She's in hell. Oh my. <laughs> there is some animosity there yeah he i mean i like the shot of him in the i mean despite the fact that i hate the fact that he has a shitty grin on his face oh yeah it is a funny shot where his face is all bloody and he's like got this look like his teeth look like fucking ed norton in fight club when he beats the shit out of himself it's pretty funny the guy looks like like this is the only form of sex that he knows is destroying a car in a street race he's gotten his jollies off yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, policeman says, no, you are fucked. Your car is totaled. We've crushed it. You're on your last warning for this shit. So basically, Sean gets shipped off to go and live with his dad you're in skipping Japan. The, you're skipping the bit where his mom talks to the cop while she's wearing oh, it. Oh, that's right. T- yeah, like, the mom comes in and flirts with the cop. It's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, how many times has she done this? <laughs> Probably a lot. I'm concerned. Yeah. It's a mother's love right yeah uh so yeah so he gets shipped off to japan to yeah. go and live with his dad in tokyo did you guys notice that he brought a guitar with him and then proceeded to never play said guitar wait it's on the plane with him yeah he comes off the plane and he has the freaking guitar like strapped to his back and yet at no point in the movie is he given nope. the chance to demonstrate any kind of musical experience either that or it's just a guitar case with a bunch of auto tools in it maybe yeah it's just got like steering wheel and shit <laughs> what's the definition of like a mary sue because like a part of me is like with the sean character i felt like he was just supposed to be a person that an audience is supposed to place themselves in like that's why he was kind of blank throughout this whole thing because like the guitar it'd be cool to see him play it but like it's just so you know he plays guitar <laughs> i don't know i don't need a white guy playing a guitar in my fast and furious movie <laughs> we're good thanks we already have a lot of you know yeah um yeah so he moves in with his dad uh, does anybody else think his dad might have been in the military the only reason I ask is because every single item of clothing this guy owns says Navy on it. Well, yeah, this movie's not subtle. He's like, oh, you're sleeping in here and it's basically a closet. Like, his dad's shirts are literally hanging in there. Yeah, and they set his dad up like he's some kind of uh, some kind of flake at the start because this girl comes, like, scurrying out of his house when, his Sean, uh, when Sean turns up. But they never really do anything with the dad character after that, apart from for him to, like, throw in a plot beat near the end of the movie. But Well, he, dr- he drinks a lot. They, may- they make it pretty clear he's kind of a lush yeah but he's he's like we never really explore him as a character no, which no. kind of feels like a missed opportunity maybe to give a bit of weight to this thing but never mind he's a neglectful hard-ass dad who's perhaps an alcoholic and buys his sex probably seems probable honestly like a part of me is like if you escaped going to juvie and was it the, yeah what's a floor juvenile detention center juvenile hall but he was able to like their parents were able to work around and basically get him a trip to live in japan and like a part of me is like out of punishments that's not that bad (laughs) 
That's a weird punishment. Go live in Japan. I feel like just being relocated anytime is a punishment. I went to like four different high schools uh, as a child that was moved around a lot. And it always felt like a fucking punishment every time I uh, started at a new school. Maybe that was supposed to be his backstory. He's moved around a lot and that's why he has no friends. Yeah, I kind of feel like that might be the case. I'm pretty sure the, the mother alludes to that, that they've done this quite a few times. So Yeah, because uh, when his parents were still married, they probably, you know, he was basically military brat, I guess. Oh, wait, I need to backpedal a second because just going back to the race uh, on the the building site, uh, I know I said this movie has a great soundtrack and the one exception is during this scene when they are playing fucking Kid Rock. Yeah. Mm. With that dumb as fuck bar with a bar baby speak bullshit song that he does. Uh, just, you know, casual fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. We're in Japan now. I will admit though, as soon as he gets to Tokyo, there's like a breath of like fresh air in the movie. Like, oh, this is nice. It's like, it's just, I don't know. It brightens it up, adds energy. That was probably the thinking of the producers, right? They were like, hold on a minute. They have cars in other countries. <gasps> I'm sure they wanted to do a series of movies that was kind of like characters exploring different types of, of street racing. Wait, what's street racing's origin? Like, how did it come about? <laughs> No, this is... We don't need... Teenagers with cars. Oh, yeah. And streets. Wait, George Lucas made a film about this? No. What's that one? American Graffiti. American Graffiti kind of... It's not really a street racing movie, yeah. but it certainly is the, like a very kind of car culture film. Okay, so are you guys ready? Oh, I'm down for this lesson. In the United States, modern street racing traces its route back to Woodward Avenue in Michigan in the 1960s when the three main Detroit-based American car companies were producing high-power performance cars. Oh. So in the 1960s, so why the fuck are they doing streetcar racing? Oh, I guess they're not really racing in streets in Greece. They're racing in the fucking LA River. It's different. Forget (laughs) it. Is this movie like the movie Cars then? Like Fast and Furious sells cars? Like how the movie Cars sells cars? I know people that have bought cars based on them being used in these movies so yeah what was the cars in tokyo i actually didn't look at the brands it's just like i mean it's mostly mitsubishi and nissan are like the two main cars that feature in this film um little bow wow sorry not little bow wow he's credited as being li- as bow wow i guess he's not Lil bow wow anymore he's just regular bow wow wait Ooh. this is the same guy i i wasn't even paying attention okay yeah he's uh he's just regular bow wow um which is also what what the um the R in R. Kelly stands for regular. Regular Kelly. Did you know that? Is it? It's it's not regular Kelly, is it? No, it's rapist. Um, I thought so. <laughs> oh, if you weren't going to go there, I was. So. Is he alive? I can't remember. I just... R. Kelly? He's locked up, is he not? I hope so. <laughs> He's due to be locked up in the very imminent future, if not. R. Kelly has pled not guilty, and w- but was denied bond, so... So I guess he's locked up somewhere. Somewhere. Anyway, not so little Bow Wow. He's at the high school that Sean goes to. They become friends. He's particularly designed to be that person that Sean will talk to. Because if he wasn't in the movie, Sean has no one to talk to. Well, yeah, because Sean's not... At, for, when he first gets there, he can't speak Japanese, so... I mean, he doesn't make any attempt to speak Japanese for the entire fucking film. Until the very end with the Yakuza. Yeah, there's a scene towards the end where he speaks perfect Japanese, and we're like, wait, when did he learn Japanese? (laughs) Deleted scene, deleted scene. He wasn't doing any homework, let's be honest. He was spending all of his time drifting. 
drifting? Was he also, was he playing Japanese language tapes while he was drifting around that mountain? Maybe. I guess a part of me is like, I wasn't cool enough to like live this life of like the Fast and Furious. Because in my head, I was like, I would just gone straight home. <laughs> like, like a part of me is like, oh, my dad, like I got, I, like I, I wrecked a car. Uh, my dad just says, you know what? Just go to school and come back home. Easy rules. This guy's like, nope. Like, let's not listen to that whatsoever. But then otherwise there wouldn't be a movie. Yeah, exactly. If it, if it was just, if it was just Lucas Black going to school in Japan. I don't know, man. That's a different movie. That's like a Ghibli movie. <laughs> Maybe Sofia Coppola would direct that movie. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was wanting. This is what I meant. Like, it's definitely not a movie for me because a part of me is like, it feels like a fantasy for like people that like love cars and seeing guys really being up close in each other's faces. Scenes like that make me uncomfortable. (laughs) I didn't understand why they had to be so close to each other when they're speaking. Is it a Fast and Furious movie without that though? Like, I feel like it's now just a staple. I guess, yeah. Didn't uh, South Park make um, a like huge joke about it? How they found a Fast and Furious script and then they took out all of the gay sex because they thought that that was <laughs> that would ruin it so then they went to go put it into producers and they're like this isn't a fast and furious where's all the gay sex we have to cut out <laughs> it was american dad but a part of me is like it what the ma- but you. it makes sense because like there is this weird like after a while getting into this movie i just imagined as that because like it, there's just certain scenes that i was like there's so much more chemistry between the guys than this like romantic love interest of the girl that's from australia yeah there isn't a i mean there is some chemistry between Sean and what's her face? Neela. Neela. Anyone else think she kind of looked like Vanessa Hudgens? Man, you're like really into Vanessa Hudgens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like Vanessa Hudgens. I think she's a good actress. I don't know. She's also got kind of like a a square face, I've noticed. Who, uh, Neela? Yeah. Maybe that was like on the casting sheet for this movie is we need a lot of square heads. It's quite a a striking jawline. Yeah, she's a, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. She doesn't have a lot of chemistry with uh, Sean in this movie. I kind of feel like maybe this movie should have just gone all in on the the gay romance and that might have made it a more interesting experience. I don't know. (laughs) He hooks up with uh, Bow Wow and Bow Wow has a car oh so good this car that he has they kind of tease it like it's going to be some kind of Japanese supercar on this revolving garage thing and it turns out that it is a Volkswagen (laughs) Turan with a bunch of incredible Hulk decal all over it I like the hair that they put on like just above the windshield yeah this this like this was back when Universal still had the rights to Hulk and were trying to make Hulk movies Um, even before it turned all the way around I was like, that looks like a fist print from the Hulk. And I'm like, oh, it's a Hulk car. Oh, are they going to race the Hulk car? No, they're not. No, they never do. I wanted to see that car totaled because <laughs> it's just awful. And... <laughs> I would be embarrassed by just that. The, but, uh, you know, I I just I I just love the sheer audacity of that guy to to have just to live his you know his optimal life you know goals. And I think that's kind of like why Sean likes this kid yeah. because he he has no bones about rolling around in this monstrosity. Completely uninhibited about his car, his his own car preferences. I love I it. I mean, you like what you like, yeah. Damn right. So sorry, I'm gonna keep calling him Bow Wow. His character's name is. Twinkie, I believe. Yes, and Sean keeps calling him Twink throughout the movie, and we were like, does Sean actually know what that means? I mean, I bet you the writer did. <laughs> but like, apart, wait, just like, you've watched all these films, is there any representation whatsoever of like, LGBT? No. 
Okay, so then it's what is this? <laughs> None of it, not off the top of my head. I don't remember there being any. Because I'm curious if they would do. Because apartment feels like this fan base would be like uncomfortable. I don't know. It'd be kind of cool if if Han had come out at the end. He has a romance with Gal Gadot. That's right. Wonder Woman oh. is his girlfriend. Oh right, and sorry. Bow Wow takes him to a car meet, which you know, obviously he's been told he's not allowed to go anywhere near cars. But so the first thing he does is go near cars. You know, good thinking, Sean. And at this car meet, we meet. Han, played by Sung Kang. Yay! My favorite character in this franchise. I love him too. He's great. He's a good character. He is just effortlessly fucking cool in these movies. Uh, he's always eating, like, he's like fucking Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. Yes. He's just, every scene he's in, he's like popping chips in his mouth and stuff. But like, girls are also feeding him though, so it's not yeah. even just he. That's, that's how cool he is, is, he's being fed. He's living his best life. So, interesting thing about Han is this character I thought this character was in the first Fast and Furious movie it turns out he's not he's this is his introduction to the series but it is not his introduction to the movie world no because Sung Kang played this same character in Justin Lin's Better Luck Tomorrow Mm, what apparently it's the same fucking guy yeah that Better Luck Tomorrow has nothing to do with the Fast and Furious franchise but it's the same fucking character I feel like that's like a nod to like his older work because like it's Better Luck Tomorrow movies that no one knows about unless you follow Justin Lin or like you're Asian. I don't know. I saw that movie uh, around about when it came out and I did not know, follow Justin Lin and I'm not Asian. Okay, well then there we go. I'm proud of that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I try. Um <laughs> <laughs> But it's a nice nod, though. I always kind of like when movie directors nod their older work for, like, their hardcore fans. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like it's not like a huge fucking thing. I can't re- It's not an M. Night Shyamalan kind of driving up in and having your own scene. So it's all good. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Han. Oh, I love this guy. So good. I, he's just a... Pure. Yes, exactly. He's pure. I mean, uh, he is very much the Mr. Miyagi of this movie. Mm-hmm. He has a very kind of Zen philosophy about drift racing and how, you know, it's not about just being faster than the other guy, that there's more to it than that. I do like his whole notion of like trying to test someone to see their character. And that's how you choose who you have by your side. Like, again, every time he talked, I was like, or every time the camera moved away from him and back to Sean, I'd be like, go back, peace. Um, we also meet the the villain of this movie, um, a guy called D. DK, mm. which we're Donkey told stands Kong. for Drift. Yeah, it does stands for Donkey Kong. No, it doesn't. It stands for Drift King. I, this guy is not the most interesting of characters either. His his general thing seems to be he's Yakuza. He likes to drive his car and uh, Neela is very much his girlfriend. Even though she doesn't want to be. Yeah, that's kind of all we're really given about this character. I don't know. I guess like, he, he was kind of interesting too. It's one of the ones where like I feel like everyone's like out acting. Like he was a good actor. Like I felt he was intense, but he just wasn't given anything else to work with he's fine i just feel like the character again is kind of underdeveloped so he challenges sean to a race and sean being like the meathead that he is uh decides that he's going to accept this challenge except what he doesn't realize is that this is a drift race i think it's like drifting like a part of me is like if you saw that on a youtube video you'd be like that's a movie because like it's a whole another world and like that's part of me when this movie came out like i was actually curious because like again it's taking street racing into a different place where it means something else to those people but again it was kind of like I don't know they didn't really go into it maybe maybe the, the Yakuza storyline was one of the better things of this movie maybe I don't know I, I don't know how I feel about this <laughs> DK has challenged Sean to a race 
race and uh, it's a drift race. Sean doesn't have a car, so Han gives him his car to do it in. Foolish move, Han, because Sean fucking mangles this car. This guy does not have much luck in these car races. This car gets absolutely ruined by Sean's inability to take corners. So when he got in Han's car, I was like, oh God, is he going to completely destroy this car too? I'm like, this is... I would need some kind of fucking collateral before yeah. I let this guy behind the wheel of my vehicle. Wait, but do you think he did it just because he knew he'd wreck it and therefore by wrecking it, he'll be under his control? Because that's <laughs> dark. Sorry, I'm going to give some brief backstory Go. Um, to Han. So before he went to Japan, he pulled off like two ginormous heists. Oh, that's why he's rich. Yes. So he is okay. incredibly rich. So he can throw a car away no problem. So, you know, best case scenario, he can drive that car and he, and like in payment, he races it for him. So either he has a good racer or two, he's now in debt to him if he like wrecks the car. So then he has a lackey. So I, honestly, I agree with Han. There is not a lose-lose here. I think he just wanted Sean as somebody that he could trust because DK wanted him for his money and he only stuck around with DK because DK's influence protected him kind of thing. And Did uh, anybody else notice uh, Bow Wow breaking the fourth wall in this scene? Oh, in the elevator? Yeah, when he gets oh, in that elevator yeah. full of women and he just looks at the camera and oh, gives yeah. it a little <laughs> wink. I was like, fuck off, Bow Wow. I don't think there's any movie that's gotten away with a fourth wall break. Ferris Bueller gets away with it just fine. He's basically like Zach Morris, though. Oof, less racist, but yeah. But hold up, okay. A part of me, it's like, I grew up kind of watching a lot of Japanese drama. So like when I was when I saw this movie, there were like a few actors that were like, oh, I saw you in this like college drama or I saw you in a live action Sailor Moon. And so when I came to this movie, I'd be like, yeah, let's see what they're going to do. Oh, they have no lines at all. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of kind of stock characters just hanging around in the background of this movie. There's well-known Japanese actors in this, but they're like just... That's probably a a cynical move on the part of Universal, right? To try and like to sell it overseas, I'd imagine. Well, wasn't most of this movie actually um, filmed in L.A. because they couldn't shut down any of the Japanese like streets? I did not know that. They fooled me. <laughs> yeah, doing that on the streets of actual Tokyo would probably be a huge safety threat. That's true. But um, there's the scene where they're drifting through the crowd. Spoilers. Um, and that's at Shibuya uh, Crossing. So I'm glad they did that in, C- in CG because there's no fucking way. That place is always packed brim to brim exactly like it's shown there i just want to like watch youtube videos of people drifting well i could just watch this movie again too i could do that there you go i mean they drifted in that thing in the parking lot the spiral thing the the up ramp yeah yeah i mean that's always cool so good i mean who hasn't tried to do that in a fucking multi-story car park no nobody just me okay fine (laughs) just me (laughs) how'd it go there was a multi-story car park um in the city near where i used to live and we used to try and drift our cars up there doesn't really work when you're doing it in a Ford Fiesta. Um. <laughs> Feels very you. I mean, I grew up in a small town where sometimes in the winter, if you got, you know, if you were watching the late show and you got out and what, your car was one of the only cars in the mall parking lot and it's like covered in snow, it's donuts time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a donut person. This movie is hard to watch for me. <laughs> I remember when I was first learning how to drive, um, uh, somebody was like right behind me and they were speeding, but I had to make a right and I was in my mom's car so she was driving with me and um i 
I didn't learn that you have to slow down to turn, but I ended up drifting. (laughs) I drifted onto like the the side street. (laughs) You're a natural born drifter. It's true. And my mom has like the arm on the, the, she's grossing everything and she's screaming and I'm screaming. So we're just like, as we're going by and she's like, okay, so that was terrifying. Never do that again. Thank you very much. But from there also, um, we need to drive more because you're scared and you can't uh, like feel scared while you're driving. So, you know, continue on. Go, go somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice to actually have the skills that the drivers actually have this movie. Because I feel like you can weather anything. You can weather any weather in Canada if you're able to drive like this. There needs to be a Fast and Furious that takes place in Canada. Yes. Oh, man. Fast and Furious Toronto drift. It's just people driving in inclement weather. No, not Toronto. Like Calgary. Like Winnipeg. (laughs) If you did it in Toronto, it wouldn't be much of a movie because you would just be be sat in in traffic. (laughs) On the DVB, just got to sit in. (laughs) Or you'd be backed up on an intersection because there's constructions and, you know, reduced lanes. Oh, my God. Downtown. Yeah, driving in this city kind of sucks. Um, no, but they would just do it at night because isn't the first Fast and Furious in LA? Is it? LA. Yeah, it is. And yeah, like LA is notorious for traffic. You just had to pick the right time of day. So there could be a <laughs> Fast and Furious. There is Fast and Furious that happens in Toronto all the time. If you just Google it. No, it's go- true. it's not because Googling is a theme in this. But like, <laughs> I've got it. No, but like people have been racing a lot, especially since like lockdown. People think that they can just now that there there isn't as much congestion going on. They feel as though they can just like do whatever. I get challenged all the time. At the start of lockdown, when everybody was scared to come out of their house, driving in this city was fantastic. It was so good. Because there was no traffic. It was just that you oh. could get to where I could get from one side of the city to the other in like 15 minutes flat and that would normally take me an hour you know the funny thing is like people i think one if they had that i feel like some people would be like yeah i'm tempted to like speed it's great a part of me would still follow the rules so exactly <laughs> i feel like i'll still follow like the speed limit i'll still check everything you've never had a speeding ticket no i haven't either oh i feel like the fucking the real bad boy of the podcast Ooh. now <laughs> um, i've had several of those not since i moved to canada but back in the uk i had uh several instances where i may have been going a wee bit too fast you didn't have a red car in the UK, did you? I certainly did at one point. I had a, uh, a Toyota Celica that was a uh, red. Ooh. Yeah, I used to try and drift that fucking thing. We had a lot of roundabouts in the UK. Yeah. Oh yeah, you guys do. You guys don't have roundabouts apart from like out in the suburbs here, but in the UK, oh, those look frightening. Every, yeah, I mean, but those things are great to try and drift around. Mm. And I lived in a town with a lot of roundabouts on like big dual carriageways, so we used to try and drift around those things. Sometimes we would end up uh, not on the roundabout anymore. I remember. Um, my mom and I went up to Quebec to pick up my grandfather's ashes and on the way back um, she was just driving really fast because I was young and I had drink drank like three Powerades like the size of <laughs> my forearm and I was just like mom like I can't hold it she's like booking it she's like 140 and she's like just hang on there kiddo <laughs> so then i ended up like have she had to pull over at some point and then um like cops just went like blaring by because there was another person so we had pulled off so the people behind us got pulled over and my mom's like oh that was a close one so she still got pulled over when we were going into um a town so you know the cop kind of looked at her and she's just like listen i've had a really bad day <laughs> and she kind of like looks at my grandfather's 
ashes, which were in the front seat at oh. the time. And he mm. was just like, listen, okay, I get that. You were in the rule. I'm going to give you a warning, but I'm also going to like radio ahead and tell them your, your license plate. So if you're not driving properly, then they will pull you over and they will give you a ticket. I think you just unlocked a life hack right there. <laughs> how to get out of getting a speeding ticket. Carry around the ashes <laughs> of a loved one in your cup holder. Keep it yeah. urn in your passenger seat. And then... Yeah. Can you uh, go in the carpool lane with an urn? Does that count? I don't think it does, does it? Probably not. That'd be a funny one to argue if you get pulled over. That is true. There's only one of you in the car. Oh, really? Do you have to bring in like Ouija board so then they can also say like, <laughs> yeah. here I am. <laughs> Sir, I need you to put in your details. All right. <laughs> that urn isn't wearing a seatbelt. So yeah, Han kind of takes Sean under his wing and has him like running around Tokyo doing errands for him. Uh, but they're also spending time like hanging out. And at this point, we get like uh, a valuable lesson from Han. And he says that he has money and that it's trust and character that he needs around him. Mm. At which point I was like, thank you, Han. Finally, this movie has some kind of purpose. Also, would you go to a Japanese spa house or water house? What are they called? Those are interesting. There it is. Yeah. It was a fun scene for me. Oh, when that when that big sumo guy basically throws him through oh, the front yeah. door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. I'm all for seeing people getting thrown around by big dudes. Where he's like, you, he owes me money. <laughs> and he tried to speak Japanese. I was like, all right, here he is, like, getting to know, like, the culture. Because, like, when I'm... Sure, he's trying to integrate. He was testing his loyalty. Did you guys know about onsen, so the Japanese bathhouses? No. So, basically, you are not allowed in them if you have visible tattoos. <gasps> oh. Yeah, there are very specific ones um, that do still allow it, but tattoos are still pretty taboo. Like, of course, there's still... Um, getting used to the idea westerners have tattoos all the time and it's not that bad but what happens is is that or it used to be that the yakuza were the only ones with tattoos i was gonna say because aren't isn't tattooing quite a big part of the yakuza culture yes and i believe it's actually banned now but you have to have like a medical license in order to tattoo in japan now like there's Mm. some weird uh laws going on right now i can't remember what they are i just know it's like very much black market to get a tattoo wow yeah so with stuff like that some guy with a huge back piece is very much like red flags yakuza like bad guy in in the onsen it's very much easy to see that so i could very much go to an onsen but it would probably probably run into a couple of yakuza while i'm there which is kind of terrifying but cool at the same time But, you know, at risk of putting big right. red big red targets on all our backs, this is a pro-Yakuza podcast, no? Okay, uh, no, okay, uh, maybe no. not. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> they're descended from samurai. <laughs> well, then, in that case, they're probably very honorable, and I'm sure they never do anything wrong. Um, Such as, you know, take down a bunch of podcasters in Toronto, Canada. Now I'm worried. Um <laughs> Hey, if the if the makers of this movie came out, make it made it out alive, then I'm sure we're fine. That's true. This isn't the first movie to feature the Yakuza as villains, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There was that fucking Sean Connery R.I.P. movie, uh, Rising Sun. They were what? the bad guys uh, in that as well. You never saw Rising Sun, Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes. No. I'm pretty sure there's a scene of Sean Connery in a kimono in that movie. Um, <laughs> I think Han is probably a better Bodhi analogy than Vin, Vin Diesel was in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patrick Swayze character in Point Break. I kind of feel like he, he plays like that sort of shady mentor role way better than Vin Diesel managed. Yeah. No, I think just Han is an overall pretty cool character just because he could do whatever he wants and then he chooses 
chooses to bet on the like the underdog the underdog thank you sure and honestly he puts up with a lot of shit because i wouldn't hang out with sean at all wow you guys really didn't like this kid i hate it <laughs> i liked his cocky exuberance i kind of liked that about him i think like he's probably not as clean cut as paul walker is in the first two movies he uh, you know he's kind of skeezy i kind of like that see i don't know is that his real voice or is he putting on an accent he's uh he's an alabama boy oh he's okay. got a, he got a, he's got a real servant twang to him um, that's uh unfortunate wasn't crazy about the twang no i think that that is his real voice he's uh but if it's his real voice i mean i don't know i like it i mean i love that kind of sovereign drool that kind of i i say i say sir i'm talking to you <laughs> that's more of a content oh okay i'm sorry that i got my <laughs> I thought it was a little bit weird that, like, the dad didn't have the same southern twang and neither did the mom. So, like, I guess (laughs) to show that maybe he was you know in the southern area uh, when they were when he was young but not them i mean his dad like we've established his dad was in the navy so he's obviously like the kind of military brat that's been shipped around a lot perhaps yeah Yeah. there's a lot of things that you have to like just fill in the blanks on your own in order to like like the character and i feel like if you don't do that enough you come out just not liking the character (laughs) that's That's just how it is if you don't write for the character, you don't like him. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like I say, I he he's kind of cocky. Um, I, he's kind of playing the fish out of water role here, and I'm yeah. always like somebody that admires a fish out of water scenario. So do they? Okay, what are the fish out of water scenarios in this besides just going to Japan? And I being... mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, but like you know how like there's like there's like scenarios of how to deal with it. I guess there's the onsen, and then there was going to school and feeling lonely. This movie needed a scene of him trying to figure out a Japanese toilet, like in Crocodile Dundee, where he like <laughs> finds a bidet. So, um, really quick story about when I went to Japan. Go. One of my best friend, Nigel. So, um, I am definitely built for Japan. I'm just like the the size of me. I'm five foot two. So, the spacing is totally fine. The hotel is probably the, like, the entirety of it is the size of a bedroom. Right. So, it's very, very small. My friend Nigel is about, like, six foot two, <laughs> like, just big, big mm. guy, right? So, he's sticks out like a sore thumb first thing we try to do when we go into our hotel room is figure out how to turn on the lights <laughs> so we're like kind of trying to figure out all over the place and it turns out you have to put your room key into a slot and it'll turn on all of the lights it'll power the entire thing right i've seen hotels do that before it's really cool so he, we figure that out right and apparently so it was cohen and i and then our friends um Haley and nigel in another room so apparently nigel thought it was the same idea so he went to go swipe down on like the wall panel but it turns out that that was <laughs> that was the toilet panel so what happened was the bidet just like goes near and shoots up and out and shoots him directly in the eye oh. so he <laughs> he's oh, in the dark no. and then also got shot in the face by, <laughs> by the toilet by the future toilet somebody's ass had been in that bidet as well yeah (laughs) that makes a good like vacation it's like stories like that be like it's a good vacation really that's what makes a good vacation for you is getting ass water in your face (laughs) (laughs) no it's just like the weird experience that like you remember it but it's like it's It's a good memory that you can always call back to Mm -hmm. every time you see a bidet like i'm sure like now you go to party and some dude has a bidet in their house. He'd be like, hey, Nigel, remember this? Yeah, good vacation. Look, I could work a toilet, Nigel. <laughs> I'd be like, check out a little rich boy with a bidet in their house. It Looking is true. 
Yep. You use paper like the rest of us, you <laughs> scumbag, you fucking one percenter. I must say though that the toilets are incredibly like future. They can warm oh, yeah. your butt. Mm. And like so apparently one of the things is that uh for women, uh they really don't like the idea of other women being able to listen to your bathroom. Oh habits. yeah. So they have That's that fair. speaker where it sounds like flushing because what used to happen is women would flush a bunch of times so that oh nobody God. could hear them go to the bathroom. <laughs> so they were just wasting so much water. So Japan was like, you know what we'll do? We'll put a button so you can simulate that you're flushing, but then <laughs> you aren't actually, and then nobody can hear you. So then, yeah, you can just press a button and it's just like this huge <laughs> noise as, you know, somebody's in the bathroom that would do wonderfully here like they should bring that here right because there's been so yeah. many like what took you so long in the bathroom it's like the person on the other stall wouldn't go so i had to wait <laughs> <laughs> so you just don't have to know what's going on right it's just this very loud noise and just be like oh yeah sorry you know or they turn all the faucets on in the sinks where they go in the yeah. bathroom stall i've seen that before yeah see that's the thing it's like it, it's very much uh, a secretive kind of place and i like that i can have- see we need more bidet with Sean in this film and then I maybe I would have liked him more. How did we even get onto bidets? Oh yeah, Crocodile Dundee. I forgot. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, you you brought it up, dude. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. Um, sorry. But you're, you're right. It doesn't really show Sean exploring that many aspects of Japanese culture beyond drifting. Like he... I mean, the food that he eats at school... It looks so looks, good! Looks amazing! <sighs> There's a deleted scene on this movie where um, they trick him into eating a plateful of sake. Oh, bro. Uh, sorry, not, su- not sake. Wa- wasabi? Uh, wa- wasabi, sorry. Yeah. Um, they trick him into eating. Oh. And uh, I guess the idea is, is that he's meant to be appalled and disgusted by it, but he just chows down, finishes it, and uh, and takes money from Little Bow Wow as part of a bet for eating it. So, <laughs> good for him! You know, I guess that's that was their extent of uh integrating him into japanese culture is he eats some wasabi yeah honestly they put that on on everything because <laughs> it's, it's delicious <sighs> i'm not really a fan but i know people that absolutely love wasabi yep i'm one of them um i'm i'm the true like pepper is too spicy oh okay oh no like i just it's so bad i want to be better it's not see now i'm just thinking about japanese food like i've always wanted <laughs> this is such a tangent i always wanted to try those like seasoned things that you put on rice mm. you know like like they're like in a little like spice packet and you put, like dashi is it dashi or like is it togarashi no yeah because there's a little like designs and stuff like that that you can put on it and it's the like flavor i guess uh, part of me is like as I'm as I'm talking about this, like I really just wanted another movie when I'm watching this. <laughs> I just wanted a completely different movie. I just I want more Japanese aspects, and then yeah. I want more room room. So I'm torn. But I guess this movie hinges on whether or not like the driving scenes are good, and I guess we and have the first yeah. So like that's what I remember. You're talking about like the food. Did you just want to watch Jiro Dreams of Sushi instead? Because I haven't. That's a great movie. <laughs> I watched that man make an egg. Like what's the egg? Oh crap! I can't remember the egg one that you put in a tamago tamagoyaki. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want a Japanese food movie, holy hell, that's as good as they come, right? I just wanted another No, but the chases were fun. There was that part where he was doing a drifting around. There's a weird thing that they do with the women in this, but anyways, like they were drifting around those women in the car. Oh, yeah. And she gives her them, uh, she gives them her phone number. Yeah, he drifts around their car. Yeah. Smooth move, hon. Mating dance in a car. Yeah, kind of. W- would you? Someone did that to you, but someone drifted around you in a strip. Go, we'd be like, yeah, date me. Yes. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> All right. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Ladies and gents, that's how you win Neth's heart. If see, you see me parked up in a Walmart and you want to get uh, the keys to my heart, <laughs> then just uh, <laughs> drift your car around me a few times. I don't get because, like, for me, you know, there's those cars that, is it a muffler? Where all of a sudden they're just really, really loud and crackly. Like, they just, like, every time I pass. That's a lack of a muffler. Oh, okay. Because every time they pa- Yeah, it's been demuffed. So, like, every time those people pass by, I just have, I'm filled with just, like, annoyance. So, pardon oh, me. <laughs> yeah. It is very irritating. <laughs> I, uh, I try to break up with my boyfriend every time. I'm like, oh, sorry, that guy's got a, a bigger yeah. presence. Tail so, type. clearly I have to go after that guy. <laughs> Sorry, it's not working out. You don't have tailpipe like that guy. <laughs> Thank goodness they don't have it in here. They just have nitro. Yeah. And drifting. Oh, yeah, the nitro. Yeah, Nas. I love that he was totally cool with, like, Han was just like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and, you know, use the Nas right away when Brian made, like, this huge deal about it because he couldn't handle it. Yeah. I guess that shows that Sean's, like, he is natural. He just can't get drifting. Sure. They kind of drop this nugget that they don't get chased by the police because the police cars aren't tuned to go faster than the cars that they're driving. I feel like that's not true. I kind of want it to be true. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't believe it takes them three quarters the way through the movie to point out that they go through a lot of fucking tires yeah that's right throughout the movie we're like where are they getting these tires from whoever sells the tires in this neighborhood must be fucking rich okay so that so again there's a deleted scene that gives uh bow wow's character a little bit of backstory and that that's kind of his main racket it's he sells the tires no he's he's stealing the tires from oh. like, garages and uh and uh basically selling them to han okay again why didn't you just leave it in the movie it just gives him a little bit of flavor it explains why he can afford to trick out his car to look like the hulk oh that fuck that car i mean- <laughs> i i wanna i wanna believe that he has like a bunch of other cars that they're all like adventure themed themed around other characters <laughs> captain america spider-man oh. like I don't know. That's kind of. I mean, that now I'm thinking about that's kind of cute. It's always interesting to people see people in their hobbies, and I guess that's <laughs> Bow Wow's or Twinkie's hobby. I mean, if that's his dream car, that's his dream car. He's proud to drive that thing. I'm just sad that we didn't get to see it race. I wanted to see that thing race. That's true. I don't think it would handle well at all. It's a fucking Turan. It's, <laughs> it's like literally, he might as well be driving a minivan. Um, you know what? So is that like a joke that's lost on people that don't realize it's not? Is it a fast car? Uh, no, especially. It no. doesn't look like it. It's a tricked out car, I would imagine. Yeah. I, I mean, it feel like it would be on Pimp My Ride. Mm, I forgot about that show. That's something they would definitely turn out. They should have done a spinoff remake of The Love Bug starring that. Oh. Car. <laughs> I mean, they did do a remake of The Love Bug. It had Lindsay Lohan in it, right? Oh, there have been oh. so many remakes of that movie. There have been so many sequels and remakes to The Love Bug. My brother marathoned all of those when we were when we were isolating. Can we get a fucking Herbie in this Tokyo Drift? Could we drop like a fucking a Volkswagen into this? Name a better crossover. I dare you. <laughs> Transformers, so. Yeah, you nailed it. Transformers, Fast and Furious crossover. That's the fucking dream. What do we call it? Transfurious. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which could also be a J.K. Rowling movie, I guess. But <laughs> I've got a pitch for Fast and Furious 10. Toss that pitch out there. So I've only got the ending so far. Oh, okay. But what if, right? So we all know that John Cena in the ninth movie is supposed to be the bad guy. Uh-huh. Spoilers. Spoilers. It's in It's in the trailer, Roddy. <laughs> It, the trailer's been out since January of this year. And like every other movie, it's just never going to come out. It's, it's just going to get lost no. in the abyss. That's fine. I mean, I kind of want to see Han again, but that's also fine. Sure. You'll see it. it it'll rock up on like Netflix in right? six months time, right? It'll be great. And then I can just binge all of them again. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so what if it's, it's Vin Diesel versus John Cena at the very end, right? But then John Cena is saying that he was actually the good guy and trying to protect la familia because paul walker's ghost was trying to make them all into ghosts because he missed his family so he was trying to kill them this whole time whoa but john cena's like no i've been trying to protect you so then uh all of a sudden paul walker's ghost comes through and he's just like no this is it vin diesel you and me are brothers for life and then he tries to like kill vin diesel and he's just like no brother like this is it goodbye and then he drops a helicopter on him because everybody knows that ghosts are not impervious to helicopters (laughs) 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 and then it turns out that the helicopter was a decepticon and then (laughs) oh wait and then and then you could find out because john cena's in that fucking bumblebee movie right right it's actually his character from bumblebee oh it just ties in so beautifully i feel like you, you like you joke but that's why the fast and furious franchise has been going on for so long because they probably would actually think could we do this endless possibilities yeah it's that i mean you run a dangerous game when you start doing those crossover movies you guys heard about the the jump street sequel right oh no Though, so there was meant to be a third Jump Street movie, and the pitch for it was it was a crossover with Men in Black, where Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum <laughs> actually become Men in Black, and it's that sounds fucking great. In that fairness. does sound great, actually. That does sound kind of hilarious. And then it, I think it got kiboshed um, because of that Sony leak that happened like five Ooh, or six years ago when damn. all those emails leaked. I think the idea got fucking shit canned. Too bad because you know, fuck it, why not? Right, but yeah, aren't uh, both? Uh, no. I think we went through this. Fast and Furious is not owned by Universal. Fast and Furious is Universal and Transformers is Paramount. (sighs) Do you know what? They can work it out, right? Well, they both have rides at the Universal Studios. Exactly. If fucking Sony and Disney can hash out a deal to get Spider-Man in those Avenger movies. It's true. I'm fucking sure they can hash out a Transformers Fast and Furious crossover. You know what? It's weird. One thing I do manage to watch. I haven't even watched the movie. But sometimes I just watch that scene in Fast and Furious where it's Paul Walker and Vin Diesel and they say goodbye and then that sad song oh. plays. I'm like, this is a nice... In Seven? The, what is it, like, cross paths? Or like the... It's such a nice scene. Like, a part of me is like, that's just the only scene I need from this film. A fork in the road scene, I think it is. And then he just goes. But you know how, like, that? I feel like that movie, you play that song and then, like, I feel like grown men will cry. I got a little teary at that moment in Fears. Yeah! I don't know, man. I I think I was a little bit freaked out. And it was just such a jarring ending because, like, 
the whole franchise, if you watch it in like the binge that I did, the whole franchise is based off of Brian being like, okay, Vin Diesel's doing something. Like I gotta go with Dom. And then his wife being like, yes, you need to go protect my brother. Like you guys need to be together. So then like, that's what the entire series was. That was what Seven was too. Like, yeah, this is it. Like we're, we're going to be together. It's going to be great. Like we will always have each other's back. And then all of a sudden, like, of course he died just before that final scene. So then Dom had to have the decision of you know what no we're cutting him out like that's it i mean there's there's been some chit chat on the internet which is always a reliable source of information that they're going to try and bring back paul walker's character for one of these sequels and that they're going to use his brother and deep fakes to bring him back uh, bad idea movie don't do that that's a terrible idea please just recast him but i guess that's why maybe this now i'm starting to realize why this movie did poorly it's it seems like with the fast and the furious there's a big theme of like family and then that's not really that present in this film is it i feel like that was introduced maybe in the subsequent movies to this i don't because vin diesel's not in the second movie so they can't really lean on that kind of like brother's relationship that him and paul walker supposedly foster in the first movie yeah it definitely pops up i would say um in the fourth movie again because then they go to mexico yeah i think so um and then yeah they all come together in the fifth like roman's back from fast and furious 2 like ludicrous is in it uh han's back gal gadot's in it like just everybody um letty's there i guess you gotta give the producers and the creators this like mad applause for the fact that they did create its own universe that has the legs to just do whatever they want like with the Hobbs and Shaw like it literally can do anything it wants now it could be a okay I need to talk about the Hobbs and Shaw um scene which is my favorite in the entire franchise where you can tell that they've just like lost all kind of I guess restraints on this franchise because there's a scene in Hobbs and Shaw this is I guess a potential spoiler but it doesn't actually add to the plot in any kind of way where there are seven like tow trucks and there's a helicopter. Oh, I know the scene you're talking you know exactly about. Exactly yeah. the scene I'm talking it's near about. Near the end of the movie, yeah. Yeah, it is. So there are seven um, tow trucks. And then what they do is they're trying to stop this helicopter from getting away. So they make a line where they will all connect their tow trucks using the hooks. So then they're all together. And then the very front one hooks onto the helicopter because the rock ends up throwing the hook at the helicopter and it works. So then the helicopter goes and tries to lift them all up. So then there's like seven tow trucks <laughs> up in the air connected to this helicopter and i'm pretty sure the rock is the one that's holding them all together is from the helicopter and the tow trucks and i'm just like listen i could i could bend it so that i could think that captain america did that sure <laughs> right <laughs> i'm like all right the modifications to this guy's body plausible he's even like he's having a hard time the rock as Hobbs. i don't know man he's got that scorpion king energy ah, i think that's true he's, you know. anubis is like yeah <laughs> I guess it's, it's, I don't know, like it's again, you come to these movies with an idea of what they're going to get, provide and it's you throw your logic out the door and just, it, again, what makes or break is the action pieces and I guess the family. <laughs> 
chemistry yeah i can tell that it actually broke in the seventh movie i think that was the end because that was the movie where they were all like they had a bunch of cars coming out of that airplane like i mentioned earlier and they all had parachutes on it and that's how they started their heist so i think seven is the tipping point where they were just like we have to one-up ourselves. what are we gonna do i know a bunch of cars coming out of an airplane don't they drive a car through a building into another building yes like they do that's true 50 stories in the air in that movie as well yeah they were in the penthouse and then they they're just like okay we can't stop we're just gonna have to drive and then they crash through one side and then they're like oh my god we still can't stop so then they go through another building and then all of a sudden they jump out of the car and then the car leaves that third building and crashes into the sidewalk below and it's awesome it's really great because it's the fastest car in the world and i don't know uh you know you may notice we're not really talking much about the plot of this film because not a lot happens in the second act of this movie there's a lot of room room and like sean's learning how to do the drift in he he eats he eats lobster from a vending machine i think vending machines are great in japan I miss them the most because my friend, um, he was able to get a Coke, Coca-Cola Plus. Without getting sprayed in the face. Without getting sprayed <laughs> in the face because Coca-Cola Plus is just like regular Coke Zero, but it has prune juice in it because Japan has such a large population of old people that they made Coke that makes you poop. Oh my god. I love Japan. Also, there is this one mystery uh, vending machine that we did, and I ended up getting a tiny helicopter for $10. Cohen, my boyfriend, ended up with a MP3 and a lottery ticket, which he did not win. Um, <laughs> Nigel ended up with, uh, like, earphones, like, over-the-ear earphones, which was good. And I can't remember what my th- other friend Wait, this got. is just from a, just from yeah, a random vending a machine? Random vending machine in an alleyway somewhere wow (laughs) you put in ten dollars and you press any button and you just get an object is there a guy on the other side of the wall unloading a stolen truck maybe yeah he's just like i don't know here (laughs) he just pushes it through it's what is it called uh uh gotcha yes it's a gotcha it's it's basically a gotcha but like 10 bucks a pop exactly instead of a tiny little toy you get an actual product What's a what's a gotcha? I mean, look, for our British listeners, a gotcha is something Noel Edmonds used to dole out on a Saturday night to unwitting celebrities. <laughs> what's a fucking gotcha? Um, I guess it could be, it's like um, a mystery machine type deal where you just put in your money and you could get anything, really. Like the coin machines where you can put something in and turn the dial and it'll drop out. That kind of idea. It kind of sounds a lot like gambling. It's a little gambly. <laughs> You know how all these video games now have loot crates? Mmm, yeah, it's physical loot crates. Part of it can be traced back to Gotcha. Was it just an MP3 or like an MP3 player? (laughs) It's like tiny-ass MP3 player. Oh, okay. Like, immediately once I got home, my helicopter was immediately, like, it was just gone. But it was a remote helicopter. Like, I flew it once in the hotel room. I thought it was really cool. And then I packed it away, and I have no idea where it had ended up. Do you imagine that how they come up with these action sequences is like some one of them has like like a toddler 
and they just give them a bunch of yes. cars. Yes. <laughs> like, That's exactly oh. what I've been saying this whole time. I was just like, imagine they just have like this three-year-old and then he's like, and then they hook on another tow truck and then they hook on another tow truck and then and then the rock holds on to the helicopter and then... That's amazing. It's just like a writer's room where they listen to this kid like, yeah, write it down. I'm just picturing a screenwriter who's really stalled on his script and then he turns his head and like his three-year-old has a bunch of like toy tow trucks linked together along with a helicopter and like a G.I. Joe who's like hanging onto them and the screenwriter's like... I guess you guys aren't familiar with Chris Morgan who writes these movies. He's been writing the Fast and Furious movies since Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Uh, he is actually only seven years old, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. He's like living the dream, like a steady paying gig for this long that seems to have no end. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's not short of a few dollars. He's uh he's probably making a lot of money off these movies and fair play to him because you know these movies are a hoot. So I'm a little mad though because they're they've decided to sign on for 11 Fast and Furiouses. They had the Wait, 11 in 11. total or 11 more? No, 11 total. Oh, 11 total. Okay, that's Why not didn't bad. they just But why didn't they just stop at 10? Why didn't they just stop at 10? Because they've got to get back from space. <laughs> The ghosts. That's what Eleven's going to be, is oh space ghosts. <laughs> That's a very expensive DVD bundle. Yeah, right? I mean, by the time that movie comes out, who the fuck is going to be using DVDs? Aren't we just going to be, like, optically yeah. beaming movies right into our eyeballs at that point? Yeah. Sounds like fun. Um, so, I mean, okay, let, let's... I'm, I'm going to try roping this back in. No! So to kind of... <laughs> Kind of. I mean, good luck to you. One of the things that I would definitely like say that could be a big like fish out of water type deal for Sean. You Sean, got it. You got his name. I got him. <laughs> um, would be the transit system that they have there because although it's incredibly efficient, their like line is all over the- one of them goes in a circle let me just say that like if you get on the wrong like subway line then you could literally just end up right back where you started <laughs> and um shinjuku station is actually one of the busiest stations in the world if not the busiest so just being able for him to just be like literally standing there not being able to read a single word and all these people just passing him by with no like no thought i i would love to see that because that would have kind of made me think like yeah he's in trouble here like this you know he's i wouldn't say like he has this like arrogance yeah where it's just like i don't need to learn anything about this culture like it i'll be fine on my own i don't need anybody where it's like this that like a scene like that could have very much been like I don't know what I'm doing. He's generally unfazed by any consequence. He's just like, whatever. So when it comes to that pivotal scene towards where he's like, let me fix my mistakes. I was like, where's, where's this coming from? Yeah. Like, like someone legitimately had to die. They'd be like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. And he kind of brought the, and you mentioned it in the chat, Ronnie. He kind of brought the Yakuza to his dad's door. And he's lucky that his dad's a Marine because I don't know how that scene would have turned out otherwise. <laughs> Dude, yeah. if my dad had have seen that I brought the Yakuza, he would have just been like, oh, okay. And then, like, <laughs> just chilled, right? Like, my dad's such a chill guy that, like, nothing would phase him. But then I would just have to hang out with the Yakuza all day. So, like, what? <laughs> like, that's just a mistake. Let me fix my mistake. This is a huge mistake. And, like, for the dad, too, like, it's like, I can, I believe that my teenage son can handle this. 
Oh, yeah, he could just take on, like... Here, have this car I've been working on forever that's in the yeah, garage. I mean, they should be they should be going straight into protective custody, uh, but no. Um, oh, yeah, okay, so DK, this DK character comes by and beats the living shit out of Sean because he's been hanging out with his girlfriend, which is, like, EA toxicity. Um, the second time in the movie that's happened. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, kind of, like, ownership of females is a, a kind of gross thing that runs through this film. Every time he talks to a woman who's taken but then we are introduced to dk's uncle played by sony chiba i fucking love sony chiba he um he was in the street fighter movies in the 70s that i know tarantino bigged those up a lot and kind of put those on my radar uh those films are great he is wearing the most pimp ass suit in yeah. this fucking film as well he's <laughs> yes. got this white suit he looks dope as fuck it is yeah. amazing uh but yeah so it's cool that sony chiba shows up in this movie i guess like he'd had like a resurgence in popularity because he was in uh kill bill yeah yeah but it's always cool to see him in a film um Roddy, didn't you say something about he he like fathered a child at the age of 70 yeah i was watching a japanese movie about a ghost <laughs> nice go no. on it's basically about a movie where uh, a rock star dies while recording all his emotions into a tape or something like that. And then 10 years in the future, they take back that tape. And every time this new stranger plays it, he comes back to life. And then like, oh, this ghost can sing. Who is this ghost? And that is Sonny Chiba's son. Oh, it's his son. I was going to say, is it Sonny Chiba? Because I want to see this <laughs> fucking movie. Does the ghost get signed to a record deal? No, it was actually quite sad and heartbreaking because every time they press play, it actually re-records like a tapes over his memories or whatnot. So Aww. therefore he has, that's the stakes. If you get to the end of the tape, he will officially be gone. And I'm like, these are good stakes. Learn from that, Tokyo Drift. No. <laughs> The stakes are vroom vroom. No, yeah, there is the, yeah, there's stakes it, with the Yakuza plot and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so they get into this car chase as a result of this fight. Um, this is the bit that you were just talking about where they basically part a crowd in the middle of Tokyo. Yeah. Shibuya. Fucking like it was the Red Sea and the Sean is Moses. It's insane. Um, there's no way that there isn't going to be mass casualties yeah. in this kind of thing. It was yeah. tough to watch that. It's like, ugh, it's so like you cringe because you're like, gonna run over so many people. The result of this scene is is that Han's car gets taken out and then explodes, and Han is done. He is out of this fucking movie. And you would imagine out of this franchise, but as we've established, this is actually a sequel to the later movies. So mm -hmm. I guess that's how he comes back. Isn't it retconned later on in one of the movies that it's actually Jason Statham's character that blows up his car? Seven, yeah. Yeah, they say, it was so weird. They're just like, We're, we need to get revenge because Han's dead. And then Vin Diesel's like, I'm going to go find Han. So then um, he goes. And so who who is the actor that is Sean Holmes? Lucas Black. Lucas Black is in it. And he's just like, yeah. Uh, this picture is what we all we could find in in his car, and it was the picture of Gal Gadot, who was the um, the romantic partner of uh, Han. But then, by like the eighth movie, Jason stayed from his friends with him, so I guess they didn't give that much of a shit about Han. They had to work together to get Dominic back because he was being blackmailed into um, being the bad guy. <sighs> <sighs> this franchise is great. 
<laughs> yeah, again, it like it seems like it's that's just the stuff to put all the chasings together. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty loose fabric holding this thing together. Um, well, I guess but the the fact that they have Jason Statham, they have The Rock, they have they have these really strong character, like not character actors, just strong actors that have like a lot of appeal that make you are make you able to sit through all that weird comma brother kind of BS and finish the film. It's true. I get this weird adrenaline rush whenever Vin Diesel says something stupid, but I'm like, yeah! <laughs> he opened his mouth! <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, that's so hype for some reason. <laughs> and like, it actually got to the point where when I was doing my binge watch, my boyfriend said, you're not allowed to watch Fast and Furious before we go to bed because like, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to go to bed and I'm just like, bugging him and I'm <laughs> Laura's all wired now. Do you know what you need? (laughs) Race car bed. (gasps) (laughs) All right. So who here would actually, has anyone slept in a race car bed? I feel like we shouldn't knock it until you tried it. I'm not knocking it. I want one. We're putting wheels on our bed, apparently. I took the first offer. (laughs) But if you're getting into a race car bed, is it just a race car bed that looks like a race car, but it doesn't actually move? Or do you want it to move? No, no. I I think it was like a family car kit uh, or like skit again where it was, um, yeah, I got to put brakes on Chris's bed. And then it's, oh, no, it was Meg or something. And then they're just like hitting different things in their room because they don't have brakes on their car bed. See, that looks like fun. I had a bunk bed when I was a kid, um, but I'm an only child, so uh, I just wanted to be tall. So realistically, I could get a loft bed, and that would have been fine, but it was very specific that I got the bunk. I was watching this like YouTube documentary about these people that go to abandoned a love hotel in Japan. Yeah. And, and then they have like a they have like themes for each room. Yeah. Like one of them is like the boxing, where it's like themed like a boxing ring, and like the bed is the middle portion of the whatever the ring, and I think one of them was also like a futuristic race car and so and it was the bed and it's on its separate track so it actually moves too <laughs> what what is this called what is, is this a documentary about people doing an urban exploration or <laughs> Not really. I guess it's it's it's, it's nonfiction. I don't want to say doc, but it's like maybe ten minutes of these guys just exploring oh, the okay. hotel, an abandoned. Oh, it's a, hotel. on like YouTube or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my uh, the hotels that I want to go to. They have a a hotel in, I can't remember where it is, but it's just all run by dinosaurs. What? What? Yes. There is not like one actual person. It's all robotic dinosaurs. You self-check yourself in. Yes. Um, You like, it's just a bunch of animatronic dinosaurs and then they like bow when you're going by and everything like that. And I just, I want to stay there so bad. Sorry for my tangent. I just wanted to put that there. But it ties back to Japan, and this movie is in Japan. So good job. Good job, me. Great segue, Roddy. Yeah, man. Choice. Um. <laughs> well, where are, we at? where are we at right now? So Han's dead. And then I stopped watching. <laughs> so basically, it is then decided that Sean is going to get the Yakuza off his back by beating DK in a race, which is kind of one of the dumbest fucking things I ever heard. But sure. That's a very that's a very generous Yakuza uh, lord. Like that guy, that guy seems, I don't know, bored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine if everything could just be settled by having some silly car races. Also, he obviously doesn't give a shit if his nephew dies or not like he clearly considers his nephew expendable which is kind of funny actually didn't the other guy die too like his brother or whatnot the guy who plays oh yeah the guy who in the yellow car right yeah he just like literally goes yeah. into a head-on collision that was crazy 
Like, so that person's dead. So I imagine there's some grief on that part that they didn't really explore. But yeah. Before they have the race, um, we find out that Sean's dad has been hoarding um, a busted old Mustang. Yeah, it shows it. It shows it earlier. And like he spots his dad working on it earlier. And his dad, his dad found a base, apparently. So when he had to learn to drift, he had to learn to drive a car with a steering wheel on a different side. And also, I guess, drive on the other side of the road. Am I getting? I don't know if that applies for drifting so much. They're not really obeying the rules of the road, right? Oh, hold on. (laughs) There is a quick rule that Cohen found out when he was doing a um, thing on drifting. There is one rule. It is unwritten, but you are not supposed to pass someone while you are both drifting. I mean, that would be kind of hard, I guess. It's apparently incredibly dangerous to do so. That is the only rule. There are no other rules than that that I know of personally. Did they show that in the movie at all? They did. Somebody did pass. I think it was the friggin' Gajin Sean person. (laughs) So he didn't know. And that's something that Han should have taught him. I'm very disappointed. But yeah, he spends the entire movie driving Japanese. Like he has to learn how to drive Japanese cars. I don't I don't know how. I mean, Neth, you can you can weigh in in on this. Like how much of an adjustment was it going driving in the UK to driving in Canada? Oh, you mean from driving on sitting on the right hand side of the car or sitting on the left? Yeah. Uh, It's a. I don't know. It took me like ten minutes. Oh, okay. It's it's not that. Big. I don't know. But I I guess I think okay. Maybe the first time I ever did it, I suppose it was probably when I went to Nova Scotia about ten years ago. And mm. driving like on a Nova Scotian highway is very different from driving in the middle of like downtown Toronto. So I didn't I didn't I didn't have a problem with it because there wasn't. Yeah. Didn't feel like there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, so the, he's he's got this uh, busted old Mustang that they do up. Uh, they put um, the engine from Han's car, I think, into the Mustang. And I always used to think that this was like, like a Mustang is a heavy car and those Japanese cars are usually a lot lighter. I always used to think it was kind of bullshit that they put this engine in a Mustang. Um, it turns out they actually did that. They actually put um, a 350Z engine into the Mustang and used that as the car for the movie. So I guess my mind was blown by that little fact. Um, as somebody that owns and drives a mustang those things are like tanks to steer so the fact that you could drift one of these kind of blew my mind as well and i'm gonna definitely give it a go gave you ideas (laughs) yeah definitely well be safe is there any way to be safe in drive street street drive uh sure there is it's by being good at it i guess is the only safety measure you have is experience in that well where do people go and practice like i'm assuming where is it actually legal uh probably probably like a a privately owned airstrip or something it's probably where these things kind of take place um so they have this race down a mountain i'm pretty sure this mountain isn't in japan i'm pretty sure they filmed this somewhere in california but i may be wrong and sean wins unsurprisingly but not before dk's car is completely run off yeah ends up on its roof after falling down a mountain and when sean gets out of his car and goes and confronts sonny chiba to get his pardon from the yakuza at no point does anybody go and check and see if DK is okay. Did you notice that as soon as he crashes, everybody People cheers? Cheered. That was so yeah, that's dark to me. Fucked up. He almost got crushed by the falling car, didn't he? Like the the when the car topples off the mat, like doesn't he almost somebody almost gets crushed by it or something? Yeah, that's right. He has to he has to steer around it. That's like the last thing he does in the race. But like nobody gives a shit about DK. I kind of almost felt bad for this guy at this point. It's like it's kind of this movie's like trying to say that car crashes, you, you'll totally survive if it doesn't explode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, for me though, I feel as though DK is just like um, a different version of like the rich kid. 
Yeah. With like the rich uncle type deal where like he's not entirely involved at all, but he's just spoiled by like his, the reputation preceding him and stuff like that. So, I mean, realistically, he didn't do too, too much except, you know, like everything with Neela. So that, that is what made him. But I mean, I guess we've already established that, and you know, people walk away from the crashes in this movie with relative ease unless Jason Statham blows their car up, I guess. For some reason. They said that that DK was the only person that could ever make it down that mountain. And we were like, so is there just a pile of cars at the base of the mountain? It's just <laughs> a collection dead. of bodies. It's just, you know, like DK is ironically saved by the pile of, 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 uh, of dead cars. <laughs> that would have been great. Just crashes and survives on, on a pile of dead people. Hey, Neth, when, what movie came first? This or Speed Racer? Uh, Speed Racer was two years after this. Oh, okay, mm. so they took inspiration from this because when, when they were doing the downhills <laughs> racing, I was like, Speed Racer. Speed Racer's been a thing for years, for decades. Yeah, Speed Racer was a cartoon in the 60s. But part. no, but like the filming style. Speed Racer, Initial D. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked about Initial D, which is oh, the, God. the definitive oh, fucking drift racing movies. Um, I'm pretty sure there's an initial D car in this, is there not? There, the, I think oh, in, uh, in the oh. garage there's yeah. a... Yeah, Supra? Uh, no, it's not a Supra, it's a, a Truno. Um, oh, okay. An AE86, if we're being specific. Um, I haven't I haven't actually seen the initial D movie. I watched some of the anime back in the day and that had a to- that had a Toyota Supra in it. Yeah, the movie's pretty rad. Um and I made fun of my boyfriend because his dad actually owned a Toyota Supra that he kept in immaculate condition and it was only like a couple of years newer than the one in the anime. Oh, jealous. I used to want a Toyota <laughs> Supra so badly. Yeah, they're a nice little car. Yeah, um and then the movie kind of ends except for dun, dun, dun. We get a cameo at the end where uh, Sean is hanging out at one of these car meets and there's apparently somebody who wants to speak to him that knows Han and Sean gets in his car and he looks over and da-da-da, it's Vin Diesel. Back for more Fast and Furious action, I guess. Um, With Riddick in tow. This is after Chronicles of Riddick tanked. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that movie's a fucking episode. Just thrown it out there. You don't mind that one. I, it's more of the fact that I watch it in high school, so it just makes me go back to that time. You're like, eh, whatever. No, <laughs> it's a bad movie. Um, but yeah. I. Uh, that was a weird sound. Yep. <laughs> and that was me saying, like, you know what? I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> um, yeah, Vin Diesel. He gets into a race with Sean, and the movie cuts to credits. The end, the I guess. End. Except that we get like a little excerpt of a prodigy song, which is kind of cool. Um, the initial D's on Netflix. I feel like I want to watch that now. Yeah, you should. Initial D's good. Um, how do you guys feel about Tokyo Drift? It was fun. It was fun. I would watch it. I would watch yeah. it again. So good. I love that movie so much for no reason. It's a nonsense movie. Let's prove it once again the audiences were fucking wrong on this one because this so film kind of rules. This may be our first fucking good with numbers episode, I think. Good with numbers. <laughs> we're going to have to have an entirely new theme song. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing any of that. <laughs> just more high pitched, maybe. Oh, yeah. I think I, I see why people like this movie, but I'm not its audience. Like I said, a part of me was like wondering, like, oh, like there's a scene where they're at the convenience store and they're eating, and I was like, oh, I just want to like see more of the convenience store. This movie didn't make you want to get behind the wheel of a car and just like you know tear around the freeway, no? No, I think that's reckless. Yo, let's get in a car real quick and then go to the convenience store. 
Then we're then we're killing two birds with one stone there. <laughs> no, I think what it is too, because even like when someone is speeding in a car and I'm the passenger, like I get scared. Like I don't want to be in that car. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not great with cars in general. I don't know. I just take the bus so often. It's not it's not that I'm like straight up terrified of cars. It's, I find it, it it wigs me out now when I'm in a car because I'm not not used to it. No, yeah, and I feel like too, like I can watch these characters in a movie, but I feel like real life sometimes the personas of people that do street drive. I I don't know i haven't met one i haven't talked to anybody that's really into it so like i don't know if their persona matches the persona of these movies i i've lived with uh two teenage boys on my street like i mean i guess since i was a teenager but like two boys who have always been into souped up cars and they're like both mechanics so they fix up their own cars and everything one of them has a train horn in his car <laughs> nice and uh for a long time i could always tell when he was home and it was usually around like 10 p.m oh. because you could always hear the like honk it's oh good train horn okay yeah not like a train whistle no 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 it was the it's the big blare more like a modern a modern okay yeah Yeah. okay i got it not not like a toot toot like no no (laughs) (laughs) for a second there i was picturing a very undignified car horn. <laughs> I love the idea that <laughs> Vin Diesel's muscle car is like beep beep. <laughs> choo choo. <laughs> As he comes on through. Showing up to that meet with uh, Sean and he's just like choo choo. <laughs> he's like, hey, Tom Toretto's here. <laughs> yep. What do you think Bow Wow's horn sounded like in his yes. old car? <laughs> oh, please let it be a choo choo train. <laughs> Either that or it's just like fucking Eric Banner growling or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Hulk smash. Hulk Wait, who smash. plays Hulk nowadays? It's Mark <laughs> Ruffalo. Mark right? Ruffalo, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, it was Eric Banner and then uh and then Ed Norton. Ed Norton, yeah. um, and then yeah. And none of them have anything on Lou Ferrigno, so Lou Ferrigno is amazing and I have to say that like there isn't um there isn't much representation of deaf people in in film and television and my brother who is deaf and who is also a huge comic book fan had the privilege of growing up when that show was on and he no that's cool fucking you know just idolized this guy absolutely loved him yeah so great that was our episode on Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift directed by Justin Lin thank you Justin Lin this movie fucking rules yeah such a good director star trek beyond was amazing yeah he's a he has a real fucking eye for shooting action i want him to direct another star trek film he's gonna have to get in line behind quentin tarantino unfortunately oh fuck quentin tarantino i mean he's a good director and i like his movies but fuck him (laughs) (laughs) some real tarantino hostility going on there Uh i want another justin lynn star trek movie tarantino could go back to directing kung fu or cowboy shit or whatever i don't care (laughs) Fair enough. Um. <laughs> no, that's definitely another discussion. Because a part of me is like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to see a Tarantino version of Star Trek. I just wanted to. I would rather see just Lynn take it further. Yeah, same. And honestly, my favorite movie ever that involves cars is Death Proof. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, so fun. That's a good movie. It is. I was not a fan the first time I saw it, but I've seen it like a couple of times since and it's grown on me. There's a lot of cool stuff in that movie. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I I love it. It's it's. I mean, I love that it's mostly a female cast. It it yeah. uh, it blows the Bechdel test out of the water because you have a bunch of women talking about rock and roll tunes and cars for most of the movie. Like it's 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 great, and it's actually really scary. Like I remember like watching it in theaters, and it was like um like tense for the whole thing. Like it was actually a scary antagonist, a scary villain. I like it more than uh, I like it more than Planet Terror. The other yeah, half of that I, didn't, I didn't care for Planet Terror at all. Like, I, I originally watched the two movies back to back and the whole Grindhouse thingy. That was fun, though. In theaters? Um, so, Roddy, what are we doing next week? We're doing the wonderful Christmas classic, The Christmas Prince 2. Not Royal Baby. One of them. One of them is a classic. Oh, man. Is it a classic? Are we sure? Because I've. Is there more than one sequel to this movie? It's a trilogy, guys. Is it? Oh, no. I was, una- I was unaware. And we're going to do two. This is the Empire Strikes Back of the Christmas Prince franchise. <sighs> I really think you're going you're going off point with your definition of classic. This is a Spider-Man 2 of the Christmas Prince. This is, uh, what are, what's the middle movies? Uh, <laughs> the two Godfather towers? Part 2 of the Christmas? The Two, the two Towers? The two of- Towers. <laughs> two Towers? <laughs> That's my favorite, though. <laughs> So, yeah, who's ready for some Christmas? <sighs> I have no idea what this fucking movie is, and I'm terrified. Yes, it also Same. features a festive orgy. So, yes. There oh. You go. Oh. Of fun. <laughs> Great. Until then, we have been bad with numbers from Toronto, Canada. Stay safe out there. Goodbye. Bye. Vroom. <laughs> live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters.